And now it's time for Rod and Real Radio with your hosts, Hop Along John Cassidy, fresh and saltwater expert angler Stan Vanderberg, and all around outdoors fishing and hunting enthusiast Wendy Toshihara. If you love the outdoors, enjoy salt or freshwater fishing, yearn to wade in a high Sierra or Alaska stream, or just look forward to taking the kids out to one of our local lakes to chase trout, crappie, or bass, this is the show for you. We'll cover most all of the fishing tournaments and events with special reports while providing you with the information you need as to how and where to experience the best fishing opportunities in Southern California, Baja, Alaska, or just about anywhere the fish are biting. Rod and Reel Radio brought to you by El Cajon Ford at Broadway and Main or online at ElCajonFord.com. Whether it's time for a new or used car or truck or you need to take advantage of San Diego's best quick lane for service with genuine Ford parts, brand name tires at competitive prices, remember nobody beats El Cajon Ford. We have some fantastic guests and reports lined up for you this evening, so sit back, relax, and get ready for the fastest two hours in radio. It's all right here, right now, on Rod and Reel Radio, the best stop on your radio dial for all the information you need for fishing opportunities all over the United States. Now here's your host, Hop Along, John Cassidy. And Southern California, welcome to another edition of Rod and Reel Radio. I'm your host, Hop Along, John Cassidy, and we've got a fast-moving show for you tonight. We're going to get right to it. Our first guest tonight is going to be Catherine Miller from the San Diego Sports Fishing Council. She's going to talk to us a little bit about Day at the Docks and a special event that's coming up later this, uh, the beginning of next month at H&M Lining that you're going to want to hear about. So Catherine's going to be with us right in the beginning. And then to join us all throughout the show, he is here live at the Palatial Anglers Arsenal Studios in La Mesa. Captain Ron Baker is with us. Captain Ron, good evening to you. Good evening. Thanks for inviting me. I just, when you called me, I just, I'm in. Well, you know, there's so much that has happened to you since we last had you on. We're going to want to get into it, yeah. and we will later on yeah. to the show. But before we do that, let me introduce to you the co-host of Rod and Reel Radio. He is the voice of 1-800-Bass Boat and a pretty darn good freshwater and saltwater fisherman in his own right, Mr. Stan Vandenberg. Stan, how you doing? John, I'm doing well. Ronnie, how are you, buddy? I'm doing good. I've had kind of a tough three years, and we'll talk about it. But other than that, man, I'm... How's the song go? Put me in, Coach. I'm ready to play. (laughs) (laughs) Good to have you back, bud. Oh, great. Hey, and let's get right to our first guest, Ronnie and Stan. Uh, uh, She is uh, from the uh, San Diego Sports Fishing Council. She's been the gal that has run Day at the Dock since it first started, and I don't even want to go into how long that was. She's a good friend of Ron Real Radio and a good friend to every fisherman here in Southern California. Miss Catherine Miller. Catherine, welcome to the show. Well, thank you so much, John. Hi, Ron. Hi, everybody. It's uh, good to be on. We are happy to have you, Catherine. And, and, you know, Ron and I were talking about a lot of things, and I know we're here to talk about Day at the Docks and a few other things, but also we'll probably be talking to you later on, too, about all the great events that you put on for the kids. Well, yes, we've got, we've got a whole year full of activities happening, so... Um, first, let's get to the day at the docks. We're just a little bit less than a month away. It happens on uh, Sunday, April 19th, and we are very proud that you, John, and, and Wendy Toshar are going to be our MCs again this year. Thank you very much for doing that. Um, uh, we we love it. It's it's a great event for us, and you know we're people people, and what better way to meet the people? Oh yeah. 
So in case someone's not heard of the event or been there before, the details are it's absolutely free. It is Sunday, April the 19th from 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. at the Sport Fishing Landings in Point Loma. Well, Catherine, for people that haven't been there before, just tell us what the format, I mean, what can they expect to see there when they come today at the docks? And is this something for uh, the, the hardened fisherman that has been fishing at H&M Landing for 30 years? Or is this something for the newbies that uh, maybe have just recently moved into town and really have never been exposed to saltwater fishing? Well, I'll tell you, it's, it really covers the gamut. And we've got, it's, on the one hand, we've got uh, exhibits by all the major tackle manufacturers. And we've got exhibits of marine art, and we have marine clothing, and other, other areas of interest. We find people, fishermen that have been down there come back every year. It's like an old home week. It's just great. But the thing that really just, I was so excited to hear a couple months ago, I was talking to my printer, and he had the guest in with him. We were chatting about a project, and the fellow said, you put on Day at the Docks? My goodness, that's my favorite event. I took my neighbor down last time. They'd never been fishing before. They, they got so excited. And, and I was so pleased to hear that. It was unsolicited. So. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Well, that's a wonderful event. Are you kidding me? Oh, it is. You know, Catherine, you know, we talked <clears throat> about the work that both you and Ron have done with the kids. But Day at the Docks has a particular feature that introduces the kids to fishing. In fact, a number of different features. And why don't we go into that first? Well, it's with, with the help of, of actually, with the, it's the work of Irvingham Brothers Bait Company. They collect, been collecting mackerel now for us for many months and curing it out there in the, in the bait receivers. And they will assemble the, the, the pens for us and fill them full of mackerel for the kids to catch. And it's great volunteers as well from the San Diego Rod and Reel Club and San Diego Anglers that come down and help kids bait up their hooks, get them out there in the pond, take fish, take, take, take fish they caught off the hooks for them, and there'll be fishing ponds set up at H&M, Point Loma Landing, and Fisherman's Landing, all three, and it happens all day long, from the minute we open in the morning till, till the afternoon when the fish stop biting. Yeah. And mom and dads will not have to bring any gear for the kids at all because it's all going to be supplied for them. We supplied all. Okuma Fishing Tackle has been marvelous, and they've given us all the rods and reels we need to make that event happen. Yeah. You know, also the other thing that's really fun, Catherine, there's, there's a lot of people I know that uh, jog up and down on Shelter Island or Harbor Island, and they see those beautiful sport fishing boats from the sports fishing landings coming and going, and, and maybe they dream about going on those one of these days. What would it be like to be in the harbor instead of being on the shoreline looking at, uh, at the scenery go by, and you're going to allow uh, people to do that at this year's day at the docks. Right. There's, in addition to open house on the boats, there, is, there are several boats at each landing who will be doing boat rides around the bay. And there's a $3 donation to help offset some fuel costs associated with that, but it's, you know, it's, it's a great experience. We've had people tell us that it was the first time they've ever been on a boat before, believe it or not. But it is a, de- is a very different experience to see San Diego Bay from the water side. And if, when you're down there, I'd highly recommend giving that a try. Yeah. Wow. Plus, now, they get to meet all the captains. Yeah. That's important. And they have and, seminars that are second to none on the boats. Yeah, tell us about those, Catherine. Uh, it's an open house, not only in front of the landing, but actually on the docks itself. We'll have seminars happening on three stages, 
and on several boats in the fleet. And the full schedule will be published in about a week and a half on our website at sportfishing.org. But, yes, you're right. We've got not only uh, tackle manufacturers and their pro staffs, but we have boat captains, all of whom are you know, talking about the waters they know so best. And so um, there's, there'll be a full, full schedule of, of things to learn and, and lots of people ready to talk fishing with you. All right. You know, I think it's always great because, let's say, you, you pick one of the landings like H&M, and you've, you've never been fishing, and you, you want to go, well, what, what's a half-day boat uh, all about? So you can go down there, and you can go on the half-day boat. Or you don't know the difference between a three-quarter day and an overnight and a day and a half. And, and then maybe there's some people that are graduating from that overnight, that day and a half, and they want to go on an extended long-range trip this is an opportunity to get on the boats, see what the boats are like, and even maybe experience what a stateroom is all about. Right. And, I, you know, right now, this year, people are particularly interested in talking about fishing and what's, what to expect with the season coming up because we're just coming out of, you know, one of the most remarkable years in history with the, the catch from this last year. I don't think the season really stopped. Um, they're still catching big yellowtails out the Coronado Islands. And I think we're all anticipating what this, what 2015 is going to bring us. Well, you know, talking to the uh, uh, skippers from the various landings at the Fred Hall Show in Long Beach, they were saying that the interest in the sports fishing fleet down here in San Diego was an all-time high, and it, it's going to be the, the it's going to be the time that you've got to get your reservation in early, plan your vacation around your trip if you want to. <coughs> And, and get with the boats, because if you wait until the last minute, you're not going to be able to get on any of the boats. <laughs> well, particularly, too, for private charters. And now, right now is the time to be planning a private charter, because those dates do, prime dates go fast. Right. That's absolutely yeah. true. You know, it's, it's funny. People talk about the good old days. Well, I have to, <laughs> to say, these are the good old days. Yeah, That's you're right. right. No yeah. one has seen fishing like this in their memory. You know, so you, I had to laugh a little bit there when you said, you know, if you want to get on a boat, you better, you know, make your reservation early because I've got three trips that are already plugged for this year with, with a waiting list, and, and I've talked to several other guys that have their uh, their charters already maxed out uh, for this year, and, and some of the skippers I've talked to, they're just trying to figure out where they've got to fill in right now. So if somebody's really thinking about going, it'd be a good idea to start checking in right about now. Oh, yeah. Great. Now, you know, we, we talk about uh, so many aspects of Day at the Docks, but let's talk about it from the perspective of family. You get mom and dad. Uh, they don't want to leave the kids at home on Sunday. It's kind of a, a family day to go out and do something special. Uh, uh, what does Day at the Docks have to offer the kids and the families? Well, there's entertainment going on all day. It's really a family. It's, it's very uh, good for families. It's very comfortable for families. There's entertainment on, on the, from the stages. There are raffles going on all day. There's kids fishing, as you talked about. And there's also a marine art area that's set up by Lori Byron, um, who provides all the supplies and, and leads kids in learning to do you know, art. So there's a little contest going on all day with that. But there's, there's casting contests. There's night, knot tying contests with Iser Line. Just there's a myriad of activities going on. A lot of great food, too. A lot of great food. Fish tacos. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'd get that in, Stan. I know. <laughs> you, know, you, know you know, Catherine, though, I've known you for a long time, and I know you're big on uh, the, the fishing and 
all the booths and everything else like that. But Day at the Docks offers some of the most quality, no-charge entertainment when it comes to music I think I've seen on any venue. Uh, please tell us about that. We've got, we've got some great bands coming in this year. We've got the Rhythm Ranchers, who actually, they were with us a couple years ago. All the band members are fishermen. <laughs> Yay! They yeah. love it. Um, same is true of Mango Bay will be back with us this year. And, again, they, said that they have sort of a, a beachy sound to them, fun, uplifting music. And then new this year with us um, is a group called Breezen, and they are terrific. They'll be in in the afternoon about, about 3.30 or so. So the, the main stage will be fun things going on all day long. You know, and besides uh, uh, people who are having an open house there at Day at the Docks and finding out what's happening at all the landings and all the boats, there's a, a great deal of philanthropy that goes on there at Day at the Docks, too. And, and one of them has, uh, you know, for the past few years been uh, held uh, on behalf of the Byrne Institute of San Diego. And you want to tell, are they going to be there again? They will. The, they, the, the Byrne Institute will be there. And we're doing three raffles to their benefit. Um, the red, white, and blue raffle, one takes place at noon, one takes place at 2, and the last one about 4.30 is when the last tickets get pulled. But there's thousands of dollars of prizes um, up to be had, and it's for a very good cause. Every, you know, people walk away with, again, you know, fishing trips, attractions, restaurant certificates, T-shirts, hats, fishing tackle, you name it, we've got it. It's a raffle second to none. Oh, it's a great raffle. Three great raffles, yeah, Ron. Unbelievable. Oh. Now, Catherine, I, I know there's a lot more aspects to talk about. It. If people want to find out more about Day at the Docks, get the hours, the times, uh, download the schedules, where can they go to get that information? So our website is sportsfishing.org, S-P-O-R-T-F-I-S-H-I-N-G.org. And, again, the schedules, the exact schedules will be up in about a week and a half. But the general information is there now, and we'll have the event program published there the first week of April. All right. Now, hey, in the remaining time we have left, there is a special event going to be happening at H&M Landing come the 1st of April. You want to give us a kind of a hint on just exactly what that is? Well, it turns out 19 in 2015 is exactly 80 years since H&M Landing was formed. And the very first trip that ran from H&M Landing left on April 6, 1935, and fished the Coronado Islands. They had 35 anglers aboard who came back in with 136 yellowtail. So in, com in commemoration of that event and of this 80th anniversary, um, we're going to be sending out a trip aboard the Legend uh, to the Coronados on April 3rd, Friday, April 3rd, to fish Saturday the 4th. And we, you know, the yellows are biting. We might just beat that record. Oh, wow. That'll be great. <laughs> That'll be cool, fantastic. Actually. You know, I think about it, and I just think Manny Silva would be so proud. Uh, he would. You know, Catherine, <laughs> as a past Commodore of the Outboard Boating Club and various other organizations, I know you're really involved with the history of organizations. H&M Landing. Tell us a little bit about how H&M Landing got their name. Well, there were, there were actually four partners. It, my grandfather was one. Uh, Ralph, his name was Barney Miller. There was uh, Howard Miner and two Haas brothers, Bill and Tony Haas. And they were actually in the water taxi business. But Howard Miner introduced my grandfather to Marlin fishing, and, boy, he thought that was a lot of fun. 
So at first they converted some of the water taxis into sport fishing boats, and then they bought the first boat was called the Mascot Number no. Two, oh, yeah. and that's the boat that took the first trip over to the Coronado Islands. Um, they, they added they added more boats over time, and you know, it's just grown and grown over these last eighty years. Eighty years is incredible to believe that. Oh man, uh, uh, that is, and, and Catherine, it has been such a part of Southern California and San Diego, uh, such a legacy of sports fishing here. And we probably have the greatest sports fishing fleet probably anywhere in the United States, if not the world. We do, and I, I want to thank you so much for your, the time today, John. Uh, Catherine Miller. Again, people want to find out more about what's happening at uh, Sports Fishing Landings, Day at the Docks, uh, special events with the Sports Fishing Council. Again, where can they go? Sportfishing.org. All right, Catherine, we look forward to seeing you if we don't see you at the Fred Hall Show next week at the Day at the Docks. And I'm sure as we get closer to the event, we'll invite you to come on back. I hope you'll have time to be with us. Thank you so much, John. Bye-bye, Ron. Bye-bye. All right. Bye-bye. Hey, that was Catherine Miller from the San Diego Sports Fishing Council. Hey, there's still more show to come. Stan. Captain Ron and myself will be back after these messages. Stay tuned. You can count on El Cajon Ford, as so many Southern Californians have for years. El Cajon Ford has the cars and trucks you can count on, like the all-new Fusion and Escape, Edge, Explorers, and more. And now, Fiestas with 38 MPG and Focus with 40 miles per gallon highway, plus C-Max Energy with up to 42 highway EPA estimates. El Cajon Ford has them now. Shop online at ElCajonFord.com. Choose from hundreds of your favorite F-Series trucks, too. El Cajon Ford knows trucks, no matter what you're hauling or towing, for a great weekend of fishing or for some fun in the desert. Now get special savings on every F-Series truck in stock, 150s, 250s, 350s, at El Cajon Ford. We have commercial trucks, too, including the all-new Transit Connect, finally a commercial van with great mileage, helping your business get moving again. El Cajon Ford, worth the short drive from anywhere in Southern California, Broadway and East Main at El Cajon, or online anytime, anywhere at ElCajonFord.com. Gamakatsu hooks are made from high-grade carbon steel specially heat-treated to make them light and extra strong but not brittle. The Gamakatsu sharpening process is the most modern in the world and results in a perfectly conical point that is unequaled in sharpness. Gamakatsu offers a huge variety of hooks for all types of fishing, drop shot, extra wide gap, worm hooks, finesse wide gap, and a lot more. Gamakatsu has a hook for whatever style of fishing you want to do. Don't waste your time on a cheap hook. Ask for Gamakatsu hooks at your favorite tackle store now. H&M Landing is the most diversified sport fishing company on the West Coast. Serving the angling community since 1935, H&M Landing's name recognition and reputation for customer service is the best in the business. The H&M fleet provides the widest range of trip options and boasts the coast's largest open party fleet. For ocean fishing any time of the year, H&M Landing should be your choice for nearshore and offshore fishing. H&M is San Diego's most experienced sport fishing company, offering the best in half-day, three-quarter day, full, and multi-day trips, and a complete schedule of long-range Adventures. Call today, HM Landing 619 222 1144, or visit their website at www.hmlanding.com for updated schedules and secure online booking. HM Landing, the experienced angler's first choice in local and multi day fishing since 1935. That's HM Landing at 619 222 1144 or hmlanding.com. 
I am an angler, a heroic defender of the noble sport of fishing. When I go out with my crew, we're prepared for everything, from itty-bitty mosquitoes to the biggest bass you've ever seen. Not to mention, we all wear life jackets. And with this year's drought conditions, we're also defending every last drop of water, saving lives and saving water, because the best defense is a good offense. Just don't tell the fish that. Take your hero quiz at BoatCalifornia.com. A message from the California State Parks Division of Boating and Waterways. This segment of Rod and Reel Radio is brought to you by the makers of the original balloon fishing clip system, Balloon Fisher King. Now you can fish the precise bait depth desired with these easy-to-use clips and 100% biodegradable natural latex balloons. All you do is clip, inflate, bait, and fish. Look for Balloon Fisher King clips and balloons at your local tackle dealers or go to BloomFisherKing.com for further information. It's a big deal, you know. I've always wanted to be on Rod and Reel Radio Line. <laughs> <laughs> I won the Bassmaster Classic. I did a, a McDonald's commercial, but now I know I've made it. I fulfilled my dream. <laughs> that is just absolutely awesome. And welcome back to Rod and Reel Radio. And before we get on the show, I want to introduce our listening audience to the other co-host of Rod and Reel Radio. She is the national sales manager for Iserline and a rep for many of the great products in the fishing industry herself, Wendy Toshihara. Wendy, how you doing? I'm doing great, and I tried chiming in when Catherine was on, but I wasn't able to, but... You know, Day at the Docks is an event that I'm looking forward to, and it's such a great event. And especially, you guys were talking about um, new people coming into the industry. I actually was on a boat who had never, uh, a lady um, was on one of my trips, and she had never been on, but her husband brought her to Day at the Docks, and she got to go look at the boats, and she jumped, he just, he just signed her up for a trip, and she was on my trip, and she was, gung-ho because she saw what it was like to be on one of those boats so the day at the docks is a great event it is uh wendy and we'll be uh, talking more about day at the docks when we come closer to it but uh right now why don't we get on to our next segment and it is brought to you by phil friedman outdoors it's the voice himself what the heck is phil friedman thinking and here he is phil friedman phil welcome to rod real radio John, always a pleasure. How you doing today? Wendy, Stan, always great to be with everybody. We are doing great, Phil, and we have with us here in uh, San Diego, Captain Ron Baker, and I know you've known Captain Ron for a long time yourself. Ron, good to hear your voice, too, man. It's been too long, and of course, I've known Ron for a long, long time and consider him not only a good friend, but a great mentor also. And you know, I'm, I'm really jealous when you post those pictures of all those big surf birds you catch in front of your house. <laughs> I got tremendous oh, those... I got tremendous roots to the surf fishing industry and God I'm jealous, but I'll I'll get back into it. Uh, for uh, sure. Those are those are all photoshopped anyway, Ron. <laughs> I don't I ain't buying that. I know you man. He bought well, them from the kids on the pier. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, uh Phil, I saw you with a whopper one that you had uh here a couple of days ago, uh, it seemed like you had taken out all that uh, uh, that vented whatever it was that was built up at Front Hall in Long Beach, and you went out and you took it out on the surf perch, and man, you got a bruiser out there. Yeah. I'll tell you, um, you know, I don't get to spend a lot of time, well, you know how it is, John, 
you're always working, it seems like. So walking out the front door is the best way for me to do it, and I get a couple hours in. And oh. Well, fishing was very slow down here today, and it seems like when we get into these grunion runs, for whatever reason, two days previous to the grunion run, we have excellent surf fishing, and then during the grunion run, it's slow, at least here in Surfside. And I see that over several years now, and I'm surmising that maybe the fish are just full. But, uh, yeah, you're right, man. It is so nice to walk out the front door and just catch some nice fish. You know what the tease is for me is when he shows those pictures of those massive bird schools right in the white water. I'm thinking, oh, my God, why, 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 why should I be there? I don't know. I like the picture of him with the liquor girls, but that's a completely different subject. <laughs> well, my wife's not too thrown. She likes the uh, massive uh, bird schools better than the liquor girls, I'll tell you. Hey, Phil, we've been experiencing great fishing uh you know in the salt water here uh off of san diego and it looks like long beach and la they've been experiencing pretty much the same thing yeah can you want to tell us about it absolutely john you know there's a lot going on right now and uh, it's as if the season never ever stopped it just continued to go on i mentioned the grunion run we're on the third night of a grunion run here this evening i should mention that sometimes during the run itself at night we have some very good fishing on leopard sharks and halibut and other predators that move in. It's going to be around 11 p.m. tonight. But if you're listening to the show and you want to get out on a Southern California beach, there is definitely a grunion run going on tonight. Um, Native Sun just calling in right now, 22nd Street Landing in San Pedro, 16 for 25 on the big local yellowtail. And these are nice fish for the most part. You don't find anything under 15. It's 18 to 25 with some bigger fish than that. The yo-yo iron working really well on these fish. They're sonar fish, so the captain is running shutting down and then asking you to drop on those fish. And when he does that, you want to drop because he's sliding on that body of the fish. When he says drop, those fish are right under, and they're going to continue to swim. So make sure you get down on them fast, wind on that jig fast, and as always, you never set the hook on the yo-yo iron by rearing back on the rod. You simply do it by turning the handle of the reel until the fish pulls line against the drag, and then you're on. So we do have a pretty little pop going on there. San Clemente Island today slower, but I think it's boat pressure, John. There are so many boats up there in the very same area up at the west end of San Clemente Island. All the guys that are up there. And, and when I say slower, it's still pretty doggone good. I mean, the Freedom had 27 yellows today. The Oceanside 95 with 28 Thunderbird 29. In that range on most of the fish, there's excellent rock fishing going on over there. And there was a little smattering of Barracuda, springtime Barracuda bite. And also some calico bass in that neck of the woods. Catalina up and down, but pretty steady on the rockfish. Gale Forest and Triton have been there over the weekend. And they had also a pop on the yellows at Yellowtail Bite coming later in the day, both at Clemente and at Catalina. The better Yellowtail Bite at Clemente gets going after 2 o'clock in the afternoon. And uh, so you do have to hang in there a little while, but there has been some nice fishing. And what can I tell you about the Channel Islands? I was up there for this food for or fish for food event and john it's an event where people all get up there to cisco sport fishing in oxnard they pay their money at a reduced rate but they're still paying their money and then they go out they catch fish all day long and at the end of the day they give their fish up so that it can go out to people who are less fortunate so you can imagine the type of person and people that were attracted to this event Wow, what a pleasure to hang out with people. I was on board the gentleman, shot a little video out there, but I came back and met people that were on the Pacific Islander in the Aloha Spirit. Great fishing, 1,400 pounds plus 
of beautiful fillets going out to some folks that can really use it. And just a wonderful, wonderful event. And it underscores just how good the rockfish bite at the bottom bite has been up there in the Channel Island. Spectacular. Close to limits every single day. The limit on Lincoln now up to three. And on many of the boats, they reach that three fish limit on Lincoln. Big old reds. Nice fishing going on. And just spectacular. And that event was something that, I tell you, it really touched me. I thought... Those people that showed up up there were really, really lovely people and really great fishing at Cisco's and the other Channel Island landings. A few yellowtail, but that surface bite, that springtime bite, still not quite ready to happen. And, of course, you and I are both looking down the barrel of Fred Hall Del Mar. Looking forward to being there and uh, getting all set for that. But, John, there's just no shortage of great fishing going on right now. It just doesn't seem to be that way uh, uh, all uh, Phil, uh, uh, whether or not you want to go rock fishing, if you want to take a little bit of a chance, go after some yellowtail. And then I know the boats out of San Diego here, they are still popping bluefin off the Cortez banks. And I heard that uh, when we were at the show, there were a the couple of boats that just decided, let's give the Tanner Bank uh, uh, a try. They went over to the Tanner Bank. And, you know, everyone's been fishing with this 20-pound, uh, 15-pound fluorocarbon. So they tried to do that on the Tanner Bank. And, man, there was a load of 60 to 100-pound fish come through there. And, boy, it was whiz-bang with everybody. And, and they were gone. So, uh, uh, it, you know, the season has never ended. It's, it's just going to be great. Yeah, and, and I don't know. I'm taking bets right now on when we start to catch offshore fish with uh, real consistency and i'm talking about yellowfin and everything else because the other day i was looking at a satellite imagery of a spot of water behind catalina island and it was 75 degrees absolutely <laughs> unheard of 75 oh, degrees in march i mean that is just incredible and i talked to another guy who drove back from an island that i can't mention because the yellows were so solid there That'll get everybody thinking. But he drove back with 69-degree water for most of the way back to Long Beach. So it is very, very warm. And you got to think that those yellowfin soon are going to get back in the picture again. That bluefin's going to start to bite even with greater intensity. And who knows, maybe some Dorado and Kelpatty yellows and everything else might kick into gear here a month or two early. Everything else is early. Why not with all the offshore stuff? You know, but we're still experiencing great calico bass fishing. Uh, I know on the Rod and Reel radio site we had Matt Moyer. He had a personal best at San Clemente Island with, uh, I believe, it was an 8.9 and was capped off by another 6-pound fish. And then on Bloody Decks, I noticed one of the anglers fishing off of La Jolla, Thomas Arveda, he had a 42-pound halibut right off of La Jolla. And we're going to talk a little bit more about halibut fishing tonight with Captain Ron because... Who better to talk about halibut fishing with than Captain Ron? But even if if you go out in your kayak or you you know you go out on your own boat and you can't venture that far out, our local fishing seems to be pretty good. And that is one heck of a good halibut. I know I know Ron's the pro on halibut fishing, but <laughs> would you allow me to give a tip on halibut fishing because I, I caught an awfully big halibut. I'd like to tell you how I got it, John. All right, I'm ready. I want to know. Yeah. All right. Give it, was, it out. It was yeah, like, all of us want to know my what biggest. My biggest local halibut, not that big, 28 pounds, but 
It, it's difficult. I don't know if you people can do this, but I was down at Ensenada. I made this cast, and of course, I got this massive bird's nest. And the jig sank down to the bottom, and I'm working on this bird's nest, and I got it out finally. I started to wind down, and I said, damn it, I am snagged on kelp or something. Gosh darn it. And I wound, and I wound, and I wound, and here comes a 28-pound halibut, a pure talent <laughs> fish, John. You know, you know it takes skill. You know, Phil, you promised you, you, promise you wouldn't give it up. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, Ron. Here's the deal, though, Phil. Can you duplicate that pattern again in order to get more fish? <laughs> I, I, I'm sure I can get a few more birds' nests in my career. That happens with great regularity with me. You know, you know the question in Alaska. That's a that's a great trick up in Alaska. <laughs> you know, the question I have, Phil, did you go out and buy a lottery ticket when you got in? <laughs> I, I didn't, Ron, and I wish to this day that I had. Man, I'll tell you, that was a lucky stroke, no question. Now, Phil, you happen to mention that the Fred Hall Delmore show is coming on up. It starts Thursday, the 26th, and I think uh, uh, Phil Friedman Outdoors is going to be there, are you not? We're going to be there. Can't wait. We'll be setting up Thursday and have that same booth that we had in Long Beach down there, so we'll be down there. I'll be giving some surf fishing seminars, and a good friend of mine, Aaron Taylor, who won the Super Bowl with the Green Bay Packers and... Of course, was an All-American at the University of Notre Dame, and Notre Dame's doing pretty good in basketball right now. Aaron, Aaron will be dropping by on Friday at 2 p.m., and he played for the Chargers also, so anybody want to come by and get a signature or a photo with Aaron or talk to him about his love for fishing in Mexico, please come by Friday at 2 p.m. and meet Aaron Taylor. And Of course, we'll be there with some games and some other stuff, having a good time and looking forward, as always, to seeing you, John. Now, Saturday and Sunday, you're also involved in another radio show. You want to tell us about that, Phil? And what have you guys been talking about? John, thank you so much. We've been talking a lot about the same kind of stuff you talk about. It's the only Spanish-language outdoor radio show in Baja and Los Angeles, as well as up further. I listened to it all the way to San Jose when I, watched up, when I drove up to watch my kid break his uh, leg playing rugby. And I'll tell you, we have so much fun on the show. We've added a nutritionist, a doctor on there now. So she was giving recipes on Lingcod uh, over the weekend. And we've added Deborah Gonzalez, who's a 20-year-old kid who's won beauty contests in Sinaloa, just to kind of spice things up and get all our marriages in trouble. And I'll tell you, it really has been a lot of fun. And we're on every Saturday and Sunday from 6 to 7 a.m. on AM 690, breaking the latest on fishing and all kinds of other stuff, but that has been just a joy doing that show, and I look forward to it every single weekend, John. Now, Phil, uh, for our listeners that are up in the Los Angeles area, uh, I know you run some special charters and uh, sponsor some some outings up there. Do you have any coming up? We do, John, and that whole calendar, you can see it. You can book online. I think we have Five trips up now. We're going to be adding several more. But if you go to www.pfomedia.com and then click on trips, all the trips will come up, and you can see the information and when they are going and what we think we'll be fishing for. And if you want to, you can book, or you can give us a call and get more information. So all of that's at www.pfomedia.com. All right. And, Phil, lastly, I know you, you hardly got a chance to get out of your booth, but you did stray away every once in a while just to take a breath. You know, 
Stan saw some nice products up there we'll be talking about later on. Yeah, you won't have a chance to be on now with us for a couple of weeks because we'll be doing a recorded show next week. But I know you'll be on with us uh, on that recorded show. Was there any products that you ran into that you went, hey, worth the price of admission? Um, you know, I didn't get out of my booth that much. I just, <laughs> and when I did, I started running it. I, I was, I left with my kids to go find Tommy Rosser on the Flair Supreme, who I haven't seen for a while. And he's a dear friend of mine. And it was funny. We met halfway. He was coming to see me, and we were going to see the Riddler. And it was mostly that kind of thing for me. So I didn't get a chance to see the products. I'll leave that up to you guys to tell everybody about all the great products. But I can tell you that I saw an awful lot of good people. You're included right up at the top of that list, and I'm looking forward to more of the same down in Del Mar. Well, you know, that is a find for the Fred Hall shows because it gives you the opportunity to talk to eyeball to eyeball some of these legendary skippers that we've been out with. And even Captain Ron Baker over here, Captain Ron says that he's going to be coming up in two years to his 50th year as a skipper. So, uh, you get a chance to see some legends on our industry, and it sounds like that's what happened to you. Oh, absolutely. And always good to, to hear your voice, Ron. I'm, I'm going to be listening to the rest of the show to check you out. And John and Wendy and Stan, always great to be with you also. All right, Phil. One more time. Uh, we want to find out what, what's happening with Phil Friedman Outdoors. How's the best way to do it? Go to Facebook. Go to PFO for our Spanish-speaking friends. You can go to Facebook, to Aventuras al Aire Libre, or just uh, take a look at our two websites. One is www.aventurasalairelibre.com, that's for our Spanish-speaking friends, and www.pfomedia.com in English. Phil Friedman, we look forward to seeing you this week at the Fred Hall Del Mar Show and also talking with you again next Sunday night on Rod Real Radio. Thanks a lot for giving up some of your Sunday to be with us. Thank you, John. I'll be listening to the rest of the show. Take care, everybody. Have a great finish to your Sunday. All right. Hey, still more Rod Real Radio to come with Stan Vandenberg, Wendy Toshar, and our special in-studio guest, Captain Ron Baker. I'm Hopalong John. We're going to take a break right now, but we'll be right back with our Hawaiian Island Fishing Report and our California Inshore Report. Stay tuned. It's time for the 38th Annual Fred Hall Show. The ultimate outdoor experience, March 26th to the 29th at the Del Mar Fairgrounds. San Diego's biggest fishing show, biggest boat show, biggest travel show, biggest outdoor recreation event of the year. It's San Diego's number one show. Don't miss the Mammoth Lakes Kids Fish Free Trout Pond, the Ram Ultimate Air Dogs, the Costa Sporting Chef Cafe, the San Diego County Ford Dealers Paul Bunyan Lumberjack Show, the Savage Gear Bass Tank, the Accurate Real Saltwater Tank, Air Gun Ranges, archery, casting, and dozens of family fun activities. Over 200 high-quality seminars presented by Progressive Insurance, Cousins Tackle, Hobie Kayaks, and the World Fishing Network. Enter to win a custom Sea of Cortez fishing trip to Rancho Leonero, a pair of accurate fishing reels, or a Hobie Pro Angler Kayak. Kids free, kids fish free, military free. The 38th Annual Fred Hall Show, March 26th to the 29th at the Del Mar Fairgrounds. Details at fredhall.com. It's a whale of a show.
Angler's Arsenal is the serious angler's first choice for hand-poured plastics. McCoy Line, Spro Products, Gamakatsu Hooks, G. Loomis Fishing Rods, Shimano Products, Ovid Reels, and just about anything you hear advertised on Rod and Reel Radio. Go to anglersarsenal.com and visit our online tackle store. See the huge selection of Western Plastics hand-poured baits, all at anglersarsenal.com. Angler's Arsenal Tackle Store is conveniently located in La Mesa, just off Interstate 8. Give us a call at 1-800-428-8730. If you're serious about your fishing, choosing the right tackle is one of the most important decisions you'll ever make. Iserline makes premium fishing lines including monofilament, Dacron, Spectra, fluorocarbon, battle-tested harnesses, and top angler-tested Iserline tools and accessories. Iserline premium fishing products are created to provide you with the ultimate in strength, dependability, durability, high abrasion resistance, low stretch, and high quality. All Iserline products are 100% guaranteed against manufacturing defects. You just can't buy better value. Iserline will replace or repair at their option. No questions asked if you're not pleased with any of their product. Catch what you've been missing. Quality guaranteed. Every serious angler knows that a quality hook is an important part of their arsenal. Gamakatsu hooks are made from high-grade carbon steel, specially heat-treated to make them light and extra strong, but not brittle. Gamakatsu ring hooks are made with a one-piece ring, no welds, no weak spots, a very smooth-moving ring. Gamakatsu offers a huge variety of hooks for all types of fishing. Live bait hooks, both light and heavy-duty, to four extra strong. Circle hooks, tuna hooks, ring hooks, tuna doubles, and many more. Don't waste your next fishing trip on a cheap hook. Get Gamakatsu hooks at your favorite tackle store now. This portion of Rod and Reel Radio is brought to you by the Rockley's Fish Release System. Now you can quickly and easily release fish suffering from barotrauma back to the depths they were caught. Look or ask for the Rockley's at your local fishing tackle dealer. Hey, Southern California, welcome back to Rod and Reel Radio, and it's now time for the Southern California Inshore Report. And that is with Captain James Elson, the fish icon, and the report is brought to you by the Rockley's Fish Release System. We sold a lot of those systems when we were up in uh, uh, Long Beach. Happy to see you all coming and picking them on up. We will have them also down at Fred Hall. So make sure you stop by the Rockley's booth or you stop by Angler's Arsenal. If you don't have this bear trauma device, you're going to want to learn about it and you're going to want to pick one up. And now, without further ado, it's Captain. Captain James Nelson. Captain James, where are you calling us from, sir? John, I'm calling you from someplace where I probably won't need my Rockleys, but I used one the other day when I was off Point Loma. <laughs> probably not going to need one here. We're in Parker. All right. <laughs> Parker Strip of the Colorado River. It's beautiful. You know, uh, water over there. <laughs> yeah, we want to uh, uh, tell our listeners that uh, every year Captain James takes a family vacation. And a lot of times they go out to the Parker Strip. So uh, Captain James rocketed across the desert, got himself set up, and is with us today to tell us what happened in the inshore fishing this past week. So Captain James, take it away. Well, you know, John, I was quite busy. You know, oh, yeah. I always like to, to, to do that. I like to get real nice and busy before I leave, feel like I earned it. <laughs> and we did. We, we, you know, we got a lot of, uh, we did a little bit of rockfish fishing, um, as I mentioned, and that was pretty good. We did a little bit of kelp fishing. We did a lot of bay fishing, and those bay bass are just stacked up. They're, I think they're getting ready to do their spring fling. We even got some bonefish, and, of course, our good old buddies, our sharks and rays are happening, too. So, Well, tell us about the, the bay bass now, because uh, for the past few weeks we've been talking about the bay bass fishing, the fishermen that have been coming here to the shop say, well, 
it's been okay, but it hasn't been as good as I'd like to see it for this time of the year. Is, is there something happening there that we should know about? Yeah, you know, John, the, the trick is to go deep and go light. Um, if you're fishing the, the usual stuff uh, in the shallows, the flats, you'll catch some, especially if you're around birds. You'll also notice the yellowfin croaker getting moving in into those shallows and getting under the birds, getting the mullet and the grunion and the small anchovies that the birds are all, they're all co uh, chasing those things, just teaming up on the little bait fish. But uh, if you want to really get on those spotties, go to the deeper stuff um, near drop-offs, channel edges, any little potholes you can find on your fish finder, and you'll look and you'll see what looks like a big ball of bait, but it's not. It's actually... It's those uh, bay bass, and they're starting to stack up, and they're already starting to spawn in some areas. And if you fish too heavy, you'll miss them. You want to drop as light as you can, a quarter ounce, something like that, just drop a three-inch grub or a little swim bait, and just drop it down and just let it feather down. Now, Phil Friedman, in the last segment, made mention of the fact that we've got our first grunion run of the season coming on up, and, and I think the first night is tonight. A lot of people don't know Grunion also run in San Diego Bay, and I'm not sure about Mission Bay. They may run there too. But do you find that when the Grunion are in the bay, does that affect the bite? And and do you have different species of fish that come in following the Grunion, or is it easier to fish some of these species when the Grunion are in? Um, yeah, you know, John, that, that's a really good question. You know, if you really want to have fun with some shallow water halibut fishing, Go to where those grunion are going to be, you know, and, and I'm not going to point out, you know, uh, better detail than that than just to tell you one thing and one thing very simple. Grunion spawn on beaches. So anyway, so yeah, you get around those areas where you think the grunion are going to be, and you'll know when they're there because the fish will only not only be feeding, but you'll see a lot more bird activity. And, you know, throw whatever you think that it's going to mimic a grunion, whether it be a jerk bait whether it be a uh, uh, your favorite little swim bait, fishtail, even topwater. Uh, you know, you got a really good chance of getting, uh, of course, our, our favorite basses, sand bass and bay bass, but also halibut and uh, corvina. You never know. It's, and even, like I said, the yellowfin croaker, believe it or not, can, can really eat their fair share of, of those things. And they're all fun fish to catch, especially on lures. Wow. Now, also you mentioned about uh, sharks and bat rays in the bay. Uh uh, has there been an increase in that activity? And if there is so, uh, what, what's it due to? Well, absolutely, John. And, and I could really uh, answer a lot of these questions in one fell swoop. Our, our bay south of the bridge in San Diego Bay right now is 70 degrees. Uh, wow. North of the bridge on the Harbor Island, it's anywhere between 66 and 68 degrees. All the way to the mouth around the kelp, you're still looking at a good 66 degrees on average. That water is warm. And water is warm. The calendar says it's spring, but more importantly, the fish know it's spring. And, uh, and they're, they're just doing their spring thing. I mean, it, and it's coming in like overnight. It was like a switch where, uh, it felt, and it's really weird because if you think two weeks back, we had really warm weather. It felt like summer in San Diego. But yet the water was still kind of winter. It was like 64 to 66 on average, which is still warm, but not like it is now. So now we've got a little bit more mild temperature for us fishermen. But for the fish, it's exactly where they want it. Wow. You know, you know the wild thing is that the, the ocean 
is actually warmer than the inland lakes, and that's usually not the case this time of year. Uh, oh, absolutely, Stan. You're right, and it's funny. I was, I was just thinking that the other day when we were out rockfish fishing, you know, and we were out there, and it was hot. I mean, we were actually sitting on a spot by that virtual anchor on that on that little main coat of mine, and it was. Uh, we had to move the boat because we had to get a breeze going. It was just that hot out there, and you looked at the water, and it was uh, 66 that day for the surface temp. I mean, that's just that's warm. Yeah, I mean, if you got 70 degrees in the bay, I mean, we're getting, we haven't got there. The the lakes that are lowest, you know, or close to the same level of the that the ocean is, are always the first lakes to to spawn as far as the bass go, and those those are your warmest inland waterways. Uh, Casitas is one, and and it hasn't seen 70 degrees yet. <laughs> I mean, it's gotten close, but not quite. If you've got 70 in the bay, that's warmer than than it is in the lakes. Uh, and yeah, yeah. Otai was sixty-seven last Wednesday, so there you have it. Funny. Wow. And we just had Phil reporting that on the back of San Clemente Island was it that there was seventy-five degree water according to the Terrapin maps up there. I wow. mean, wow, really incredible. You know, Captain James, we're we're getting uh, to the beginning of spring break. Uh, uh, a lot of families they want to take the kids out fishing. Uh, San Diego Bay, Mission Bay. Good place to go for the spotted bay bass and the sand bass. Uh, can you recommend uh, just some of the artificials and the colors and the setups that you're using to catch these fish? <laughs> it's funny you said that, John, because I think somebody wiped out your uh, little bin of lion gold three-inch <laughs> swim tails the other day. <laughs> and I posted it on Facebook. I don't know if too many people got the hint as to what redhead well, stepdaughter was that did that. You know, you know what happens. We we set out. Bob is very meticulous. Bob is, uh, you know, my uh, uh, production manager for Western Plastics, and he sets out all these beautiful trays at Western Plastics. And for you folks that have been here, you know what that's like. And he's got two or three colors where he's got them all meticulously lined up in there. And, you know, they look beautiful, and there's a couple of colors that like that. And then all of a sudden, someone will come in and just reach in and get a fistful of them and throw them into a, a, a plastic bag. <laughs> and you know, I'm, the first, I'm the first guy to you know, yeah. claim that color doesn't matter, but then I'm the first guy also to wipe out you know certain particular colors all the time. But, oh, man. You know, you know, really, really, uh, right now, location is, is very much more important than color. Not that color doesn't matter, but uh, I would stick with uh, bright. Uh, and I don't mean uh, bright so much as in blind your eyes color, but just really uh, anything with chartreuse right now, chartreuse pepper, the lime gold, uh, anything that's uh, fire tiger. And, and really the only real reason for that is because the fish are, they, they are doing other things, they are chasing a variety of baits, but if you get something that's going to catch their eye, uh, you got a really good chance of getting bit. You know, our bay fish are not like our lakes. Our lakes, if you know, you sometimes have to count the right amount of red flake, or if you have to make it, um, you have to pay some artist a million dollars to paint a lure to look exactly like the shad in that lake. Our, our bays aren't like that. It's more about drawing their attention. And, uh, I mean, they can be all over grunion, but if you throw something lime gold around it, which doesn't look like a grunion, they'll still eat it, and you'll probably actually catch more fish than if you had something that looked exactly like a grunion. So it's kind of weird that way, but that, that's just from my experience. That's what I've seen. And uh, there's certain times where certain colors really do get their attention, 
and the uh, the old timers have that adage of if it ain't chartreuse, there ain't no use. And right now, this is the time of year where I really would stick with that. So anything that's got chartreuse in it, you'll really get bit well. You know, it's funny because one of the first colors that Western Plastics ever did in the Bay color was the chartreuse with gold neon. And actually, mm-hmm. one of the pro staff guys brought it to us, and he was a guide at that time. And he's still here with us. I, I saw him at the uh, Fred Hall show in Long Beach. And we made those things by the thousand. And, and Gary Brown, who started Fish Trap, he was making those. And you know what? You can still go out 30 years later after these first lures were made, and the fish will eat that color. It, it's, it's just incredible. Yeah, it, it is, and it's, and it's one I use an El Cap, too, you know, especially when the, you got those fish breaking on bait in the back of the lake. That's one of my favorite little swim baits to, to throw on breaking fish or even even post-spawn bass, you know, for whatever reason, they really like that color. We'll just throw those little three-inch swim baits around, and gosh, they eat them like crazy. Now, Captain James, uh, for uh, those listeners of ours that are coming up to spring break, and they're maybe thinking about going out to the Colorado River, boy, why don't you give us a little report, first of all, weather, what are you doing out there? Oh, the weather's beautiful. We just pulled in, the boat is still on the trailer, so I can't give you much on that, but, you know, the water the water looks green, and the, the sand looks red, and that's just the way we like it here. <laughs> and uh, as far as the sky, we got a little bit of overcast. Which is nice because it's it, keeping it in the 80s at least when we pulled up, which is good because I think as I told you, my air conditioning is not up to par, but it got us here and it feels pretty good. So, all right, and the uh, the level of the river too. I know usually during spring break they try to keep that river up. Uh, it can get awful oh. low at times. Uh, what's the water uh, level there right now? Oh yeah, it is. I noticed as we were coming in, it's it's high tide. <laughs> so we we've got a lot of good water. You know, we'll see what it's like uh, come the weekday. Sometimes it can change. Fortunately, for anybody who's familiar with the the south end of the river, say in the Yuma, Mitri Lake, uh, Martinez Lake area, you know, there's a lot of sandbars down there that you know you come back year after year, and they're in a little bit different locations. But here, they really only have one big gravel bar. It's all marked, so it's pretty much a nice clean clean shot up and down the river. There's not real sandbars to worry about, that, or at least none that shifts, so that's pretty nice. You know, some but, of the, uh, it's high tide right now for sure. Some of the people that go where you're going, they're thinking about water contact things, taking the jet boat or their, their watercraft and running it up and down and back and forth and everything else like that. Uh, they may not have thought about the Parker Strip in that area of the river as being a good fishing area. And oh, baby. Oh, tell us about uh, what your experience has been there, because you've been uh, spring breaking there now for the past few years, haven't you, Captain Jim? We we have, you know, and when I first started coming here, it was, you know, my in-laws that got us started here, because it's a beautiful area. You're not quite in the melee of the Havasu mess that, you know, the spring breakers, kids gone wild type thing, but yet you're still in the same general area as far as weather-wise, so it's just beautiful here. But uh, so when when first time I came here, I'm thinking, oh great, I'll just run up to Havasu and go fishing. Since then, I maybe make a one day where I go to Havasu, and that's about it. I spend most of the time here because you don't need to go to the Big Lake. I can say the Big Lake does have some bigger largemouth and some bigger smallmouth, but when it comes to numbers, you can't beat this area for smallmouth, John. There's there's days where I'll only go out for four hours, 
and still catch 50-plus fish. Well, Captain, fish is awesome. Captain James, I know you're on a little vacation right now, but when do you plan to be back in town? And for people that want to contact you to uh, schedule you uh, schedule a trip with you, how's the best way to do it? Well, they, I, normally they shoot me an email, but I'm not getting that right now. So if you want to give me a call, I'm answering my phone. That's about all the work I'm doing. So <laughs> give me a call. It's 619-395-0799. I'll be back from Sunday on. I think April 1st is my first availability. So, uh, you know, the bookings I already have. But give us a call. April looks good. And, you know, if it's good now, it's only going to get better from here on out. So. It's, again, it's 619-395-0799. All right, Captain James, a fish icon. Captain James, you have a great vacation with the family. Uh, we probably won't be speaking to you next week because we'll all be doing the Fred Hall Show, but we look forward to speaking to you again in two weeks to find out what's happening off our Southern California coast. You just have a great stay and a safe one, sir. Sounds good, John. Appreciate it. And tell Bobby he could restock those baits now. I'm not there to deplete them for. <laughs> right. Thanks a lot, James Nelson. <laughs> Take care. Hey, that's it for the first hour of Rod and Reel Radio. Coming up in the second hour, it's going to be Captain Ron Bacon all the time. Every time on Rod and Reel Radio, we're going to go over some halibut fishing. We're going to go over just how Captain Ron's been feeling. Because I know for you folks that have known Captain Ron over the years, He's had some problems. I think he's overcome them. We're going to get the up-to-date report on what's happening and all the other things you need to know. So stay tuned. More Rod and Reel Radio to come. we got to take a break right now. But Stan, Wendy, Captain Ron Baker, and myself, Hopalong, will be back after these messages. You can count on El Cajon Ford, as so many Southern Californians have for years. El Cajon Ford has the cars and trucks you can count on, like the all-new Fusion and Escape, Edge, Explorers, and more. And now, Fiestas with 38 MPG and Focus with 40 miles per gallon highway, plus C-Max Energy with up to 42 highway EPA estimates. El Cajon Ford has them now. Shop online at ElCajonFord.com. Choose from hundreds of your favorite F-Series trucks, too. El Cajon Ford knows trucks, no matter what you're hauling or towing, for a great weekend of fishing or for some fun in the desert. Now get special savings on every F-Series truck in stock, 150s, 250s, 350s, at El Cajon Ford. We have commercial trucks, too, including the all-new Transit Connect, finally a commercial van with great mileage, helping your business get moving again. El Cajon Ford, worth the short drive from anywhere in Southern California, Broadway and East Main and El Cajon, or online anytime, anywhere at ElCajonFord.com. H&M Landing is the most diversified sport fishing company on the West Coast. Serving the angling community since 1935, H&M Landing's name recognition and reputation for customer service is the best in the business. The H&M fleet provides the widest range of trip options and boasts the coast's largest open party fleet. For ocean fishing any time of the year, H&M Landing should be your choice for nearshore and offshore fishing. H&M is San Diego's most experienced sport fishing company, offering the best in half-day, three-quarter day, full, and multi-day trips, and a complete schedule of long-range adventures. Call today, H&M Landing, 619-222-1144, or visit their website at www.hmlanding.com for updated schedules and to secure online booking. H&M Landing, the experienced angler's first choice in local and multi-day fishing since 1935. That's H&M Landing at 619-222-1144 or hmlanding.com. 
When you're out fishing this year, there's two ways to be a hero. You can help save lives by making sure everyone on your boat wears a life jacket. And with the drought conditions, you can help save water. Because every drop we save is another drop out there for us and our fish. So be a hero, on the water and off. There's lots of ways to conserve, and there are lots of life jackets designed especially for anglers. To learn more about being a hero, take your hero quiz at BoatCalifornia.com. A message from the California State Parks Division of Boating and Waterways. Hey everybody, this is a message for our listeners from a new Baja Magic Lodge at Cedros Island. Cedros Outdoor Adventures wants to make your dream of fishing Cedros Island a reality. Want to go after giant calicos or yellowtail with the best Cedros Island fishing organization, but you just don't know who to contact? Then give Cedros Outdoor Adventures a call at 619-793-5419, or even better yet, log on to their informative website at cedrosoutdooradventures.com. There you can visit their trip calendar and schedule a trip that's convenient for you. Once again, the phone number is 619-793-5419 or their website of cedrosoutdooradventures.com. Hi, I'm Bart Hall, and I'm here to tell you about the Fred Hall Show, the ultimate outdoor experience, March 26th to the 29th at the Del Mar Fairgrounds. People often ask me, what is a Fred Hall Show? Well, it's San Diego's biggest fishing show, biggest boat show, biggest travel show, and biggest outdoor recreation event of the year. I love these shows, not just because my family name is on them, but because generations of Californians have grown up loving these events with me. Every year, the shows are different, but this year, we'll be celebrating the greatest saltwater fishing season in over 30 years. We believe that this will be the best San Diego Fred Hall show ever. The show is packed with thousands of high-quality fishing, fly fishing, and international travel exhibits. There are over 200 interesting seminars and dozens of family fun activities, including the world's greatest knife thrower. There will be more boats on display than ever before. My grandchildren keep asking if it's time for Papa Show. Yes, it's time for Papa Show, the exceptional Fred Hall show, March 26th to the 29th at the Del Mar Fairgrounds. Details at fredhall.com. And remember, it's a whale of a show. Hi, this is BSS record holder Dean Rojas. El Cajon Ford helped me when I got started in my career and let them help you with a new F-Series Ford truck. And remember, nobody beats El Cajon Ford. And Southern California, welcome back to the second hour of Rod Reel Radio. We've got Stan Vandenberg with us tonight, Wendy Toshihara, and our special in-studio guest with us is a fellow that probably helped all three of us Launch our, if you want to call them, careers in the radio industry, Captain Ron Baker. Captain Ron, welcome to the show. Thanks for inviting me. When you called me, I was all over it. You know? I thought twice, but then I said, you know, I was supposed to go varmint hunting with a friend this weekend. Okay. Because I'm kind of rehabbing my new hips. and been, No, I'm going to go down with Hopalong. I'm going to do the show. Well, you know, I Cap- heard you were going to go grunion fishing. <laughs> no. <laughs> hey, Captain Ron, let's, let's talk about this first, because for... Those of us that have known you for many years, we saw you really laboring and and getting around. You were really hit by arthritis, bad. Yeah, I was. Yeah, well, and then what happened? Well, I started noticing that I couldn't sleep good at night. That was the first thing I noticed. It was like it's like I had ice picks in my hips, and I would sleep on this side, I'd sleep on that side, and you know, you know, Stan, when you're running these sport boats, you, if you don't get your sleep, you're done. So, no kidding. No kidding. So I went and got checked out, and they put me this MRI thing, and they put me in this big tube, and they checked me all out. And the guy tells me, he says, well, you got this you got this osteoarthritis called Navy hip. I said, Navy hip? He says, yeah. 
That's what old guys in the Navy get. I said, well, what about fishermen? Do they, why, do you call it, why can't you call it fishermen hip? He said, well, we don't see too many fishermen. Well, on mine, you're going to put Navy hip slash fisherman hip. So I took some shots, and that didn't work. And then finally, last April, I just got to where the pain, I just couldn't live. It was consuming me. It was taking me down. I'd lost a step, and uh, I don't know. I just, pain is a, pain, especially arthritis pain is the worst. If it gets overcast, if it's going to rain, your story, well, I can tell you when it's coming. Well, that's why people move to Havasu, because they got arthritis, so. Last April, I had my left hip done. I tried to get him to do them both at once, but he wouldn't do it. I got the left hip done. I rehabbed that. That was pretty good. And then my right hip, I, I worked the season. I worked about maybe a half the season. A phenomenal yellowtail local tuna bite, Dorado, just, just as good as it could get for three-quarter day fishing. And then I noticed that... My right hip was got to the point where I could just had all I could do to walk down the dock. So, just last January, just two months ago, I had my right one done. Doctor told me that that one was horrible. It was bone to bone with a bone spur. He, he said, "How the hell were you walking?" I said, "I don't know, very carefully." <laughs> no kidding. <laughs> but you know what, man? I I I, I walked in here. Uh, I feel good. I don't have any more arthritis pain. I went down and passed my physical with Dr. Chambers for the Coast Guard. Oh, good he deal. He signed me off. I I feel good. I'm going to go back to work here the 1st of April. I'm looking forward to it. I'm. Where are you going to be working, Ronnie? Well, I want to run the Point Loma again. I kind of like that little boat. It's a fun little boat. I get to do some neat things. You know, I do get to fish wherever. I mean, yeah, if, I, if there's nothing going on, I can go fish halibut. I can go fish calico bass. I started that calico bass thing, and that worked out just for the calico bass guys from 3 o'clock in the afternoon till dark. That was phenomenal fishing. It was, and then, of course, the halibut, I fished on those for three years. And you've been doing good on that. But before we get to the halibut fishing, you were telling me a, kind of an interesting story that one of our compatriots here in the radio industry, you were having a conversation with him, and he's the guy that actually tilted the scales on the way to go out and, and get that operation. Done. Well, you know, Pete Gray and I are the best of friends. We've been friends for a long time. And he had his done, you know. And uh, I thought, wow. And then what Kennedy from Western Outdoor News had his done. Guys I know. And they said, go for it. So I went for it. And uh, I feel really good now. I don't have any pain. I, whatever my, you know, I didn't have the best giddy up anyhow. Stories. <laughs> <laughs> he was without sleep, Captain Ron. You know, my, my giddy, my giddy up, my giddy up wasn't a Bruce Jenner by no way. But you know what? I, I, the pain was taking me down, and now I don't have that pain, and I'm looking forward to. Well, I know a lot of people were concerned because you do a lot of activities, special events for the kids oh, yeah. uh, over on Crystal Pier, over in Lake Poway, having the past. Oh, yeah. lot, this is where a lot of the people know you. And the last Lake Poway event, you, you were kind of hobbling around oh, a little bit. And a lot of people were concerned. Well, and you got to give some special thank you to the folks I that do. helped you I, there. i got to give a special thanks to Mike Long for covering me. You know, Stan, last year was our 20th year at Lake Poway. You know, that just blows my doors off. <laughs> <laughs> 20 years, and you were at that event. You know the magnitude yeah. of that. That, that event is alive and well. 
Thanks to Alcohol Ford. Paul Leader is our title sponsor now. Never says no. Just how much do you need for the kids? It's all about the kids with Paul. Uh, Frank stepped in and helped me from Friends of Rollo, Verona Band of Mission Indians. A lot of a, a lot of great people have stepped up for that event, and it's alive and well. And you know, in fact, there's several things you probably guys don't probably really know about me, and I'm going to give it up tonight. A few years back, when we were having trouble getting trout for the lakes, and Whitewater Hatchery went out. Remember that was a big hassle. Sure enough, that was a big deal. Well, Dave Richards and I were sitting in Lake Poway, wondering where we're going to get trout for the kids' event. And we got on the internet, and we found a hatchery in Nebraska. So we called him. And we talked to the guy about bringing fish from Nebraska out to Lake Poway. The guy says, I could do that. He said, I've got other people asking me about trout, but he says, I would do that. He said, yeah. So we, he said he could do it, and he brought this, the first year he brought this little truck out there with the trout. And while we were sitting there, after we hung up, I told Dave, I said, you know, Dave, we got to have a nickname because all these trout was their lightning trout, the Alpers trout, all these lakes that were put in this put and take. They all had these little nicknames. So let it be known that I was the guy that came up with the Nebraska tailwind. I didn't know that. Oh, yeah. Know. Can you can you feel me, Scott? Oh man! <laughs> can you I've feel never, me, brother? Can never you heard me? that. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. Well, what what are they actually known as in Nebraska? Trout. Yeah, trout. But <laughs> only, Nebraska trout. But you know what? Out here, every lake advertises Nebraska tailwalkers. And that, this year, the kids caught over 600 fish, Dan. Wow. Amazing. Well, that's good. And they're all nice, big, fat ones, too, you know. Well, let, let's talk about that because you've run so many of these events. You've run the Crystal Pier event for several years. There's you know, one. I, I know you don't like tooting your own home, but how many kids do you think you have exposed to fishing over the years, Captain Moran? I don't know. I know Stan and I did one at Lake Irvine. That was the biggest event they ever had, and they never invited us back. Remember that, Stan? Well, yeah, I think it, it got more complicated than that. We had like 900 and some kids show up for an event. We didn't know how many we were going to get, but man, it was all of a sudden loaded with, with people. I know, I know we had to run out and get more hot dogs. Oh, yeah, that's yeah, a lot we of had weenies. to run to Costco find a, and, oh. and, and uh, Smart and Final to get hot dogs and buns. Man, we were in a... Yeah. That was world of hurt. Yeah, like, you know, I think between Fountain Valley and Mission Viejo and all the trout at Poway and Lake Cuyamaca and the Crystal Pier and the Huntington Beach Pier, that was a good one. That was always fun with the, yeah, with the yeah. uh, Tom Sawyer thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you can't and do don't these... forget the Fountain Valley one too. That's exactly right, Fountain. Valley. I think we. I was just kind of doing the numbers, and I would say it's upwards of ten thousand kids Isn't has that come crazy? to our events. You know, and the other thing, though, is working with you municipalities to help you with this. And I know Poway has really been helpful when making this uh, a better event for the kids. Oh, yeah, it's a stellar event. I I don't know where it stands. I, I don't know. Any event that you do for kids has got to be the best. What could be better than fishing and kids? But I would say that that event is one of the stellar trout derbies in the state, if not the stellar event. It's Middle-class America at its finest. It's got a venue that's safe, second to none, real safe lake. You fish all around it. Now it's stocked with just giant trout. The kids have a ball. Now, you know, we added a Friday night uh, camp out to that. So there's a Friday night camp out and a P 
pizza feed and a big bonfire and fish stories and rigging your rods and then Saturday morning is the event. So, boy, and I, and I and you see, you got to give special thanks. Uh, known more for bass fishing than uh, anything else, Mike Long did a yeoman's job in, in helping you get around because you did that last Poway event. You had, you'd came out only a week <laughs> after being under the knife, and you still went on out yeah. there to do what you could to yeah, support Yeah, well, I the put event. it all together and got all the prizes up there a month ahead of time. And then when I went in for my surgery, I got out, and a week later, Mike was rolling me around in a wheelchair at Lake Poway. <laughs> and all the people come up and thank me, and all the kids, all the stringers down the bank, and hold your fish up, and everybody... Yeah, when you're catching fish, that's as good as it gets, Dan. Yeah, uh, no kidding. <laughs> well, you know, you, you've done a lot of innovative things, and especially here now on the saltwater side, Captain Ron. I mean, we talked about come in 2017, you'd be a, you're going to be a skipper for almost 50 years. Yeah, I, I come for renewal. I go April 27th, 2017, I get to renew for my 10th issue. You know, I'm going to do it, too, just because I can say I have it. You've, you've worked with a lot of great people, but... Tell us, what were some of the people that kind of formed you into the type of uh, uh, captain that you are today? Well, I got to grow up around a lot of great captains, and there was a couple of them. But I'd have to say that Dick Helgren was right there at the top. Working with Dick, he was a real pro, had great work ethics, taught me great work ethics. You know, I, got, I, I worked with them all. Herb Curley, Frankie Hall, Eddie McEwen, Dick Schaefer, all those guys, Charlie Gonzalez. Got to work with a lot of great guys. It, you think back of the way we used to operate off the seat of our pants and wondering how we ever even caught a fish compared to what we have to work with now. It's incredible. All right. It's incredible. Hey, this is Rod Real Radio, and Stan Whitty and I, we're talking with Cap, <coughs> Captain Ron Baker, and we're talking a little bit about the past and fishing events, but Captain Ron is biting at the bit over here to talk about halibut fishing and we're going to do that in the next segment but you got to stay tuned this is rod reel radio on am 540 or at rod com. stay tuned more to come after these messages Gamakatsu hooks are made from high-grade carbon steel specially heat treated to make them light and extra strong but not brittle. The Gamakatsu sharpening process is the most modern in the world and results in a perfectly conical point that is unequaled in sharpness. Gamakatsu offers a huge variety of hooks for all types of fishing, drop shot, extra wide gap, worm hooks, finesse wide gap, and a lot more. Gamakatsu has a hook for whatever style of fishing you want to do. Don't waste your time on a cheap hook. Ask for Gamakatsu hooks at your favorite tackle store now. H&M Landing is the most diversified sport fishing company on the West Coast. Serving the angling community since 1935, H&M Landing's name recognition and reputation for customer service is the best in the business. The H&M fleet provides the widest range of trip options and boasts the coast's largest open party fleet. For ocean fishing any time of the year, H&M Landing should be your choice for nearshore and offshore fishing. H&M is San Diego's most experienced sport fishing company, offering the best in half-day, three-quarter day, full, and multi-day trips, and a complete schedule of long-range adventures. Call today, HM Landing, 619-222-1144, or visit their website at www.hmlanding.com for updated schedules and secure online booking. H&M Landing, experienced angler's first choice in local and multi-day fishing since 1935. That's H&M Landing at 619-222-1144 or hmlanding.com. <laughs> 
Captain Chris Randall from Chief Sports Fishing. And Captain Chris, tell us about what's happening on the Chief. It's here, and it's time to go on the Chief. For those that are not familiar with the vessel, she's an 85 by 24 deluxe sport fisher that offers a wide variety of open party trips, ranging from one to five days in length. We're also available for private group charters. The Chief's onboard anemones include a fully remodeled galley with comfortable seating for 25, twin flat screen TVs with hundreds of movies, two roomy indoor heads with fresh hot water showers, stateroom and open berthing areas, an impressively large deck area, 200 scoop bait capacity, we have twin six ton spray brine fish holds to keep your catch fresh, and our professional courteous crew will go the extra mile to make your trip a memorable one. To view our schedule, log on to H&M Landing at www.hmlanding.com or feel free to give them a call at 619-222-1144. You can also follow us on Facebook and at our webpage at Chief Sport Fish com. Angler's Arsenal is the serious angler's first choice for hand-poured plastics, McCoy line, Spro products, Gamakatsu hooks, G. Loomis fishing rods, Shimano products, Ovid reels, and just about anything you hear advertised on Rod and Reel Radio. Go to anglersarsenal.com and visit our online tackle store. See the huge selection of Western Plastics hand-poured baits, all at anglersarsenal.com. Angler's Arsenal tackle store is conveniently located in La Mesa, just off Interstate 8. Give us a call at 1-800-428-8730. Hi, my name is Dennis Green, and I always love to talk about fishing. When I want the real information, I go to Rod and Real Radio. Those guys are who I thought they were. Hey, we do want to welcome you back to Rod and Real Radio. Stan Vandenberg's with us tonight. Wendy Toshihara is here, too. And our special guest in studio is Captain Ron Baker. And during the break, I probably asked Captain Ron one of the the dumbest questions that have ever been asked to him. I said, Captain Ron, were you ever a commercial fisherman? And Captain Ron, you said, Yeah, I did that for years. You know, I fished up. A... You're very kind. <laughs> well, I fished, I fished commercial albacore for Chicken of the Sea. 1983, I was the number one producer of domestic albacore. I had a little bait boat, and I caught a lot of fish. I fished commercial salmon, which was a fishery that I really enjoyed. In fact, I'm thinking maybe someday I might even like when I do that again. Commercial salmon fishing was really clean, neat, high-dollar fishery. I fished a lot of rock cod, caught a lot of rock cod. Like, you know, I mean, not, but I probably, I got the biggest landing of cow cod hook and line ever recorded. Right. And uh, and and then you moved kind of like, you started catching a lot of halibut. And well, I was commercial that, fishing then. Yeah. I lived in Morro Bay, and my wife passed away. I was left with two boys, and I was I couldn't commercial fish and raise my kids. So I called Dick Helgren, and I told Dick, hey, I don't know what I'm going to do. i got two boys to raise. He said, well, come down, and run, come down and work for me. So I took off and went to Oceanside, took my kids down there, and Dick gave me the opportunity to, to run a boat. The first year or two, I was on the 095, but that didn't work out being gone. So then that little boat, the Advance, was over at the base. So I kind of took that boat and started fishing that, and then, Developed a 530 tuna run, started doing that. I did there for nine years, and then I went down, and Big Ernie asked me to help Ernie Prado on the Chabasco when he ran it out of Islandia. I went down there, and then I went down, and Fred asked me if I would come and run the Point Loma. They needed an operator. They had a charter. I went down there, and I worked a deal out, and I've been there for this will be my seventh year. You know, you've talked about, though, uh, we've talked about this before, how you really have the special love for catching halibut 
and how you've actually been pretty good at it. And you actually, unbeknownst to you, won an award because of it. Yeah, I won an award. I mean, Chad came up to me from ForbesReport.com at the Fred All Show. I was standing there next to Timmy Green. He said, you know, Ron, you won an award. I said, yeah, I did. He said, yeah. He caught the most halibut south of uh, San Francisco. I said, really? He said, yeah, you even... You even beat that. What's that? The Mirage up out of Wyoming because he catches a lot of halibut. But he's in a halibut area. I mean, yeah. I said, oh, really? You know? So he presented me the award. I was up on the stage with Timmy Green, and I told Timmy Green, I said, you know, this is a great award. It's right up there, right up there next to the award catching the most mermaids. <laughs> uh, <laughs> catching the most halibut. Now that to me, that's a hell of an award. I, I think some people have caught as many mermaids as they have halibut, and no. they've been trying for halibut a lot no, harder. Only in their wildest <laughs> dreams, man. Hey, well, tell us. You know, let's talk a little bit about halibut fishing. I mean, it, it's been a love of yours, and you've developed some specific techniques. And there going is. out on the Point Loma, you actually have dedicated a lot of those trips going out and targeting halibut. Yeah, and you started running, you know, Halibut of the Year awards. Yeah, exactly. I did that. Yeah, fill us well, in the, on this. The trick is, uh, in any fishing, I don't care what you're fishing for, presentation is everything. Yep. So you can't let it, you can't, when you're fishing for a, hal, a fish like, first of all, they're hard to find. You can't meet, I, you can't sonar them up. You can't really meter them. At least I, I thought, I think once in a while I see one, but I couldn't bank on it. It's not like sonar up a school of sand bass or a school of yellowtail and you drop the jigs down and everybody gets bit. Well, yeah, that's what I metered was yellowtail. Halibut's not that way. They're hard, to, they're hard to find. They're hard to hook. They're hard to land. Everybody's got a horror story about trying to land a halibut. Sure. You know, but they're the best to eat. Oh, well, let's talk about location now. What are you looking for with regards to the type of bottom when it comes to where you suspect halibut well, might be? And is depth a big a big thing? Well, I think the I think the habitat is the bigger thing. People think that they just they fish them along the beach. Well, they're there, when, like with the grunion are there, or the baits there. But when they spawn, they spawn on cobblestones around rocks. Okay, that because down there in Imperial Beach, that's all there is is round rocks. And the reason they lay their eggs on round rocks is that way they won't wash away. And they always. Have you ever noticed on a half-day boat, you'll be anchored up next to the kelp, and all of a sudden, somebody in the bow catches the big halibut? Never fails. Well, that's because they like to lay in the shade. They're, they're attackers. they got a mouthful of teeth and a big tail. They're probably the most powerful fish on the bottom. I don't know if anything is going to mess with one of those. Uh, and they're just, they're, a, they're just a different fish. And they're when they spawn... The males are usually smaller, but they get they get kind of like hunting buck deer in the spawn and the rut. You know, I don't know if they if a doe deer goes into estrus, what does a female halibut do? I don't know what they do. <laughs> you know what I mean, Stan? You with me? I'm with you. <laughs> so, but they bunch up, and you can catch them, and that's the trick. And they're not everywhere, and you gotta just and you gotta find your that fish with your gear. You gotta find the habitat. You gotta find the bait, and if that's all right, then the fish are gonna be there. And the trick is, you you want to use, I use Kamigatsu hook. Once I discovered those, my wife Dina turned me on to those Nautilus circle hooks. I started using those at first. But they were a little bit hard for the novice people to hook on. Because circle hooks are kind of hard to hook a bait on. And then you end up with a, a lot of scales in your hand. And then, so what I would do is I would stand at the bait tank and I would hook everybody's bait on. 
and I would rig up everybody the same. There was a way I could fish on cobblestones. If you tried to use a slider, you would just hang up. Guys would come out, and I'd say, well, you don't want to use a slider because, you know, well, that's the way we fish them. Well, you're going to hang up because those little round rocks, those little sliders would fall in those little nooks and crannies. You'd be hung up. So you want to kind of fish vertical, a torpedo sinker at the bottom, up about 12 inches, maybe a 20-inch fluorocarbon leader. With uh, I started using the Kamigatsu live bait, thin wire hooks. They're strong. Mm-hmm. You want to fish with a really soft drag, softer than you could even imagine. And when you get a bite, the hooks are so sharp, the hooks pretty much set themselves, and you just kind of whine. Don't pump them. Bring them up. The slower you bring them up, the better your chances are. And then here's something else I see guys in skiffs all the time. First of all, if you, if you think you need a gaff, don't try to save money by buying a $10 gaff thinking that's going to work because it isn't. Get a good gap. Get a good mustad hook and get a good gap. But with all these new nets they have now, those Promar nets, I had a big net made in a deep sack. And get get a, a net that's knotless with small mesh. Because if you have a big net with big mesh, what you do on all the shorts, you end up splitting the tails. And then they, they get infected and they, they become diseased and they die. There's a lot of really good gear out there. And if you're thinking seriously about Targeting on halibut. you got to find a habitat. Sometimes it's the smallest structure. doesn't take a lot for a halibut to live on because they eat everything. When we, all the fish that we caught, we probably caught three years, 600. We cleaned them all because everybody gets them filleted. Mm-hmm. So you get to see they got everything from sea urchins to clams to crabs to every kind of fish, perch, midshipments, grunion, smelt. They, Brown they, bait, they eat they're everything. non-denominational eaters, no, right? No, they, well, <laughs> they got a little stomach, and they got a big mouthful of teeth, so they got to eat a lot. How about when it comes living on the bottom? Do you find that this is a fish that uh, contracts parasites more than some of the other fish? You know, I, 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 that fish down there in Imperial Beach, all those ones we caught, from there all the way up to the up to the harbor, even up off of Point Loma, we catch some. They're pretty clean. We don't. Those fish are. Sometimes you sometimes you might see maybe some little worms in their belly, but mm-hmm. very seldom. Not like it's like cutting a sack full of bocacci's or something. You know what I mean? Yeah. Most of that stuff because it's moving. People don't realize that no. that fish doesn't sit in one spot. No. It's always moving. It moves north. Yeah. You know they're headed for Alaska. <laughs> so. Look, I'm gonna tell you a good story. Years ago, I was running a dragger, fishing halibut up out of Avila for Bobby Allen, a little boat called the Alcazar. I was fishing halibut. I was dragging them. I caught a fish up off of Point Sal that was tagged in the Santa Monica Bay now, where's halibut. Po- where's Point Sal? Just below Avila, about 14 miles. Okay. This fish was tagged 100 and days earlier in the Marina del Rey Halibut Derby, which at one time was the biggest halibut derby. I don't know. Is that halibut derby still going on up yeah, there? Yeah, it's still going. Those guys run it every year. That's a huge derby. And they would tag, too. And I caught, in fact, I caught two tag fish. I caught one from the Santa Monica Bay Halibut Derby out of Marina del Rey. And in 180 days, it moved north all the way to Point Sal. Wow. That's a couple hundred miles. Well, you know, we talked about movement of fish, and I think I've told the story a couple of times. Uh, uh, there was one year when uh, uh, the Jerry Lewis 
telethon, they were running a special promotion with catch especially tagged fish in San Diego Bay and win the million dollars. And then they had other fish that were had other tags where you could wear other prizes. And the event went on during the Jerry Lewis telethon, which was a Labor Day event, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. So these were the only days that you could catch the fish and get the big prize. Well, the San Diego uh, Sports Fishing Council, for about two or three weeks before the event, were collecting calico bass off of our local kelp. And they'd hold them in the holding uh, 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 holding tanks that were over at H&M Landing. And the, um, the fish were tagged. And the Thursday before the event, we went to Shelter Island, and we released something like about, uh, there was about 40 fish that we released, calico bass, that were tagged and released at the Shelter Island launch ramp on Thursday. Well, the event comes along, and uh, no one catches any of the tagged fish at all, which is, you know, just fine, because the entry fee is going to charity, and it was a good event. But... One week later, three of the tagged fish, calico bass, were caught at the Coronado Islands. I believe it. <laughs> you guys won't believe this, but one of the most migratory fish that we have on this coast, believe it or not, is sculpin. No kidding. Unbelievable. Hmm. We wow. get we get we get tagged fish all the time at at the, the sculpin hole right here in North Island Coronado. That's tagged up off a of horseshoe kelp. Tagged up off of Marina del Rey, tagged up, tagged off of Catalina, yeah, off of Cortez. We catch tags all the time down there. The place they call the Bucket, you know where that's at, Stan? Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, Sculpin. Well, would you think that? No, that happens. Well, let's getting back to the well, halibut. Those go up to all the way up to Alaska too. They call them St. James fish or something yeah. up there. Yeah. Going back to halibut. Uh, you, you're saying that you use the Gamakatsu light wire hook. Oh, That's yeah. the 224 series. How are you hooking a bait? Can you use a dead bait, live bait better? Well, or I like to use live bait because that's what we do. But you can fish dead bait. You know, there's lots of ways to catch them. These guys are bounce balling them. That is an effective way to catch them because you get to cover a lot of ground. Now, there's a real art to that. I can't do that on a sport boat. No. But being an old salmon troller, believe me, I know all about that. Okay, I know how to catch those like that. But I think the the light wire hooks, a small hook like I use, like a maybe a a one aught or maybe a size one or a two, those hook them. The hooks are so light it gives the bait so much more movement. Most important thing is when you hook your anchovies on, make sure you don't have a bunch of scales in your hand. Figure out how to do that without scaling the bait. There's a way you can do that. Now you're hooking them, nose hooking, yeah. collar hooking, no, anal you, hooking. You, you, you you nose hook them because you're dragging them. Okay. And another little trick is fish the downwind side of the boat. If you're on a sport boat, I let the guys fish the downwind side of the boat. Guys really wants to fish on the upwind side. Well, that's good, but the downwind side gets to the fish first. And don't let your line get way out where you got a lot of a lot of scope and your line gets past about a 45 degree angle. Wind it up and put a new bait on. We got plenty of bait. Yeah. Keep a good bait on. Now, let me just go back to hooking up the bait. You know, we say nose hooking, but when you say nose hooking, are you going from the bottom jaw to the top, the top I don't, jaw to the bottom, or across the snout? I go, I go right through that little white spot on the nose with a real light, small hook, you know. Okay. And then I use a reverse stropper loop, weight at the bottom, up about 12 inches. I put a small loop, then I use a fluorocarbon leader about 20 inches. 
I use a Kamigatsu hook with a dreaded baldy knot. Dreaded ball. Well, that makes a difference. Everything presentation is everything. That bait's got so much more movement. You know that little loop knot, that perfection loop on there. That makes big the big. And the other thing is, you want to make sure you fish with a really soft drag. Don't pump the fish and just wind it up nice and slow. Because you only got. You were saying earlier, you only get one moment of truth. When that fish comes up, you got one really good shot at it. You don't want to blow that because. If you miss on the first thing, first time, only bad things are going to happen, man. Yeah. Now, when it comes to line, uh, do you use the lightest line as you can think you can get away with or what? No, I don't. No, no, no. I use 25-pound test Iser. I use first string or I use platinum. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Wendy Dean Rojas turned me on to that platinum line, and that is the best nearshore line you can use because most of the time our water is stained along our beach. You know, Wendy, we talked about this in the past, too, but can you refresh our memories? The difference between the Iser Platinum and the Triple X and the first string? Sure. Um, The first string is what Russ Iser came out with um, in 1977, which is a strong, affordable, abrasion-resistant line. And then we came out with Platinum, Platinum Green, which is great for inshore, but it's also great for freshwater, and it's a low-stretch line. It's a copolymer, um, and it's high in abrasion resistance. But then we came out with Triple X, which is a softer line, which casts better, your bait swims better, and it's stronger by one pound on a straight break. All three lines have a great knot strength, and uh, it's very affordable. Oh, yeah. There's, there's a lot of different lines for different fish. That's why I'm saying this. When you're really serious about catching a halibut, you gotta you got to think about presentation as everything. All right. Hey, this is Rod and Real Radio. We have Captain Ron Baker with us, and we're talking about halibut fishing and other things. Stan Vandenberg from 1-800-BASS-BOAT is with us. Wendy Toshihara, as she just came up from Iserline, is with us. I'm Hopalong. John, we got to take a break right now, but we'll be back with more Ron Baker on Rod Real Radio after these messages. Every serious angler knows that a quality hook is an important part of their arsenal. Kamikatsu hooks are made from high-grade carbon steel, specially heat-treated to make them light and extra strong, but not brittle. Kamikatsu ring hooks are made with a one-piece ring, no welds, no weak spots, a very smooth-moving ring. Kamikatsu offers a huge variety of hooks for all types of fishing. Live bait hooks, both light and heavy-duty, to four extra strong. Circle hooks, tuna hooks, ringed hooks, tuna doubles, and many more. Don't waste your next fishing trip on a cheap hook. Get Kamikatsu hooks at your favorite tackle store now. Hey, bass fishermen, who do you call for your bass boat insurance? Well, if you're not calling me at 1-800-BASS-BOAT for your boat insurance, you're probably paying too much and may not have the coverage that you need. In 1974, I developed the bass boat program that is what all the pros use today. The reason? No depreciation or any partial claim for your hull, your big motor, your trolling motor, or your electronics until your boat's 10 years old. That's right. You only pay $250 to get your boat on the water for any partial claim, and we still pay a stated value replacement cost for your boat if you have a total loss. We're the only people in the industry that does that, and that's why we are the choice of the pros. So if you want the best, forget the rest. Just call 1-800-BASS-BOAT. Call 1-800-227-7777. 
888-800-7262 or just spell Bass Boat. 1-800-BASS-BOAT. I know there's too many letters, but the T is free and the call's on me. That's 1-800-BASS-BOAT, the choice of the pros for Bass Boat Insurance. For more information, log on to 1-800-BASSBOAT.com. I am a heroic angler. I can bait a hook with my eyes closed, cast to a spot the size of a dime, and reel in the biggest monsters of the depths. And not only do I make sure everyone on my boat wears a life jacket, I make sure we're saving water. Because every drop we save means more water for our fish. And there's nothing I wouldn't do for a fish, except kiss one. Well, there was that one time, but I don't kiss and tell. Take your hero quiz at BoatCalifornia.com. A message from the California State Parks Division of Boating and Waterways. Looking for that special family experience? Want to really get your money's worth? Then come to the Fred Hall Show March 26th to the 29th at the Del Mar Fairgrounds. For 38 years, we've provided world-class deals and world-class fun for men, women, and children. And when it's time to go home, you'll want to do it all again. If you love fishing, boating, international travel, or camping, it's the ultimate outdoor experience, and the kids are free. The Fred Hall Show, March 26th to the 29th at the Del Mar Fairgrounds. Check us out at fredhall.com. And remember, it's a whale of a show. And Southern California, welcome back to Rod and Reel Radio. Stan Vandenberg's with us tonight. So is Wendy Toshar. Our special in-studio guest is Captain Ron Baker. And we're talking about halibut fishing. But before we get back to Captain Ron, remember Captain McDiamond at Diamond Head Tuna in Hawaii. Get a hold of him at 760-500-7094 or go to diamondheadtuna.com. Last week, Captain Mick was at the Boston Seafood Show there and working on the new cans and the new packaging for the product. It should be available now, so make sure you get a hold of Captain Mick, 760-500-7094 or at Diamond Head Tuna. Hey, we are speaking with uh, Captain Ron Baker. We've been talking a little bit about halibut. And Captain Ron, you've been saying a, a few things about the gear that I think fishermen should know about. and Let's first cover Spectra. What do you think about Spectra? I don't like it for fishing halibut. For one, is there's not enough give. And usually when a guy's fishing Spectra, he's got some kind of a graphite rod. You want some, you want some kind of a rod with some forgiveness, and you want some stretch. You can't believe how many guys will break a fish, a big halibut off, just on the swing. That's what's. That's why I started using Kamigatsu hooks because you don't have to. All you got to do is turn the handle. But even now, it's, it, I'm not saying it's, Spectra doesn't have its place. Originally, it, when we start, first started using it, it was a way to catch big fish on little reels. And we used a nice big top shot. But now these guys are using a small fluorocarbon leader, graphite, seven foot, eight foot graphite rod, straight Spectra. When, I mean, it's like the the ultimate Zing Pal syndrome. You know what I mean, Stan? Yeah, well, there's the, there is that, especially if you're fishing for a halibut, where you got to, yeah, yeah. you know, that set that soft mouth, and you've got to let them, you got to let them take it. So yeah. the one thing you don't need is a is a a rod that'll recoil quickly. Yeah. You want something that's a soft rod. Yeah. Fiberglass works the best. And they pound hard. They thump you really hard. You yep. Know? I see a lot of fishermen though coming in and they want to use stinger hooks on their baits, uh, Captain. Well, I'm Ron. Not a, I don't use that. I don't use that. And a lot of guys use treble hooks. Can you imagine me rigging up traps with 25 rent rods, all treble hooks? Or, 
No, I don't. I don't use it. I don't use them. I not only that, uh, you know, you kill I, a lot of short fish doing that. Oh, yeah, that's, that's horrible. Not, it's horrible. That's not a good thing. Yeah, that's what I'm, I'm saying. Uh, on a given day, if if fishing is pretty good on the Point Loma, how many fish can you expect to bring in? And of those fish that you bring in, how many do you release because of the fact they're short? You know what? It was amazing when that fish goes in the spawn. There's not too many shorts. We don't throw too many back. They're all nice ones. The males are predominantly the smaller ones, but they're even still, they're even 30 inches, 25, 30 inches. And that's good. And the uh, uh, the size limit on a halibut? It's 22 inches. Yes. But we don't catch a lot. So, And, and I like to use anchovies. But, you know, for you guys' private boats, don't think you can't stop in the bay somewhere, catch a bunch of 7-Eleven perch, take you some oatmeal, take you a little Lucky Joe, try to... Try to Throw some oatmeal and chum up some smelt or some grunion. Use those yeah, for bait. Get some smelt. That's a great bait. For oh, that's a great bait. Even little lizard fish. Don't you think they? Oh no. Halibut yeah. eat everything. You know. I'll tell you another bait that that uh, a friend of Wendy's and I turned me on to. You remember Eddie, the guy that makes the spinner baits, Wendy? Yeah, from uh, it wasn't coastal. The name of the coastal. Bait? Yeah, from Ventura. Yeah. yeah. Okay, he made those heavy spinner baits, and I'm going to tell you that is an abs- Hello, Chicago. <laughs> <laughs> but that's a that's a great bait for halibut. Want to use Colorado blade? Use an ounce and a half or two ounce head. Put a, some kind of white pearlescent grub or something on that hook, a swim bait or something. Make long casts. Thump it along the bottom because of Colorado blade, you can fish them slow. Thump. Don't, don't they got a lot of flash and halibut love that. You know, the, in a day, for whatever reason, white was always best. White or with the blue, if you had that iridescent blue uh, that, pearl tail. That's, I don't, I don't, call, yeah. I don't yeah, know that, why, but that was the best for a spinnerbait dragon across the bottom out there in the sand. Somebody's who, trying to dial in here. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> Hello? <laughs> yeah, that purple haze we used to call that. I didn't know, throw, let's throw another quarter in the machine, will we? Yeah. <laughs> hey, you know, Captain Ron, now, you were, you've were you really given out some closely guarded secrets that you don't let a lot of people know about. But I'm going to tell you right now, I'm going to give one out that I've okay. never, I have never told one of my peers. First of all, I got to the point where the other guys wouldn't come down and fish around me. I remember one time Buzz telling Mike, he said, Mike says, well, go down and fish halibut with Ron. He said, I ain't going down there to Ron next to Ron. It ain't going to happen. I'm going to the islands and catch whitefish in Yellowtail. I thought, oh, great. Stinger would come down and fish a little bit, but it's 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 really hard with a half-day crew. you got to have, like, a specialty run so everybody knows that that's what you're fishing for so you can rig everybody the same on the boat. But That's gonna, what you're saying. You rig everybody yeah, the same. It's the same. It's just, drags are all set. Point Loma's got great rental gear. They use 501s with 25-pound test Iserline. Um, yeah. Rip, rip. Nice, soft drags. But my a good friend of mine I love dearly, I fished around commercial for years, was Timmy Hauser, a real highliner. Probably one of the best sword fishermen that ever fished. The best. And he gave me some scoop. Him and Corky run a little yacht called the Aaron Marie, and they fish over out of Ventura a lot, and they fish a lot of halibut up off of Santa Rosa Island. They catch a lot of them, too. And he gave me some dope about anytime you see a white, big foam rip on the grounds, fish the rip, especially if you see all those little white little pecker birds on it. I says, oh, yeah. He says, yep. 
He says, that rip goes right to the bottom. So if you see a big foam rip, everybody will say, oh, man, look at this. Water's all streaked. This doesn't look good. I'm going to move. No. No. Just the opposite. Go get right in the middle of that. Why do you think those little birds are on the top picking? They pick because that, that there was an uprolling there, and that current has kicked that white foam rip up from the bottom. And I can tell you just about every time I fished a rip, boy, you better get the galvanized nails out, buddy, because those, <laughs> rod, those rods are going to bend. No kidding. I mean, I've had where I fished a rip and had eight or ten going at once. Whoa. So you guys can take that to the bank. It's because you see it's all. If you're in the area where there's bait and the habitat is right and you see a big foam rip come working through the beach, go fish that. Go fish that rip. Now, Ronnie, a lot of times we'll see our halibut out here are different colors. They might be brown on the bottom, white on the bottom. Or Does color make any difference with the halibut? Well, there's a left-handers and there's right-handers. I've wait, seen wait, wait a minute. Left-handed, right-handed? Yeah, one, one time they'll be, the eyes will be on this side, and then the next time they'll be the other way. Wait a minute. Aren't, 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 the the, ha- aren't all halibut eyes on the same side? Yeah, but one time, one time the mouth is on the left, and then the next time you get a fish, the brown's on the top and the mouth is on the right. What's going on here? I don't know what, what's <laughs> going on, Stan. Come on, help me out, buddy. I don't know. I, I, I can't tell you. Just they're, they're sometimes they're right-handed, and sometimes they're left-handed. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Well, you know, a lot of people go, man. I go up to or Alaska. Right-faced and left-faced. Yeah, I, I go up to Hall- uh, uh, Alaska. Those halibut—they're so much bigger, and they're just this and everything else like that. Then I get down to California. These halibut are small. We're not talking about the same type of no, halibut. different fish. Totally different fish. In fact, I, uh, years ago, I took that, that boat, Go Fish, for Steve Fisher up to uh, Sitka. Yeah. I delivered that boat, and I fished halibut up there. Let me tell you something. However we're set up down here, however we're rigged, and whatever gear we got to catch fish down there, down here, it won't work up there because those fish are too big. You better have a lily iron. You better have, you better be ready because those, you get 100. And, we made a mistake and drug about 150-pounder up the swim step on that air, on that go fish. <laughs> That was a mistake. You shut the back door and wait for things to quit breaking, man. <laughs> <laughs> well, those are those guys. They use a lily iron. They shoot them. They use a string around their tail with a double albacore hook and put a bend in them. Well, then they just hang them for a while until they quit thrashing. You, you don't want to bring oh, yeah. them aboard while they're oh, yeah. while they're green. We got we got one and drug it right in like we knew what we were doing. That ended double jeopardy, man. Everybody's hopping around the boat. Get out of the way. There was three of us on the boat, and thank God we got the back door shut. Well, you know, (laughs) any any creature that can survive on Dungeness crab, king crab, you know, uh, and uh, the the snow crabs, and then occasionally a shrimp can't be that bad tasting. The other advice I can give you guys is watch the tides. I can honestly say that they fish better on an incoming tide and two two hours after the tide. For some reason, that seemed to be the bite time, and they seem to bite better in the afternoons only because we usually get a little bit of airflow and we get a little movement. Sometimes you go down there early in the morning and we got a little offshore breeze or no wind and you don't cover ground. And if you don't cover ground, then that's... that. It's hard. It's hard to land right on them. Does that, uh, does that stay true if you're fishing off San Clemente Island or Catalina or, or off Imperial Beach, you think? Well, I think I think you got, well, you got to have movement if you're going to drift for halibut. You know, sometimes the guy's little boats will use a drag 
or put a bucket out and fish with a slow them down. On a big boat, what I'll do is I'll I'll just sink her up more. I'll have everybody instead of using a four ounce weight, everybody on the wind side will use a six ounce weight, and everybody on the downwind side will use an eight or a ten ounce weight. And we caught just as many on the downwind side as we did on the upwind side. The main reason is as we cover the ground, that side gets to the fish first. The most important thing is keep a good fresh bait on and don't let your line get too stretched out. Okay. And don't really set the hook. Just turn the handle. And, and again, uh, I don't know if you answered this or not. When it comes to depth, is there any, when, when, not when you're fishing from the beach, obviously, you're fishing from the breakwaters or whatever it is, but when you're out on, on one of the boats, is there, is there a, 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 a good depth uh, target? Well, down in Imperial Beach, that that rock starts in about 75 feet of water. Right. And I fished that on the outside until you drift right up to that kelp. And there was times I would drift right into the kelp, and I'd reel them up and go back and do it again. And there was times I'd fish on the southern end of it, all the way into like 28 feet, as long as there was cobblestones and as long as there was some shade for that fish to go into, good, safe, safe habitat. You just got to... You gotta find that fish with your gear, and you gotta stay disciplined. If you want to catch a big halibut, use a Kamigatsu hook, use Azure line, fluorocarbon. Think like a halibut. Put your time in. And worst thing you don't want to do is you don't want to come up with it. I would have had a real big one, but like I missed him with a gaff. Well, get a net. Go get a big Promar net. Now, Ronnie, you're pretty accessible, and unfortunately, our time is you know out for here's tonight. A, this was too fun. What do you, what well, here's do you the deal. Well, I got a friend of mine that's got a nice Parker who's going to fish halibut this year. Name of the boat is name of the company is Into the Depths Sport Fishing. He takes a lot of people out. He wants to fish halibut. I told him I would run the boat for him in the winter, the spring here. If I wasn't running the Point Loma, I'll run the boat. His phone number is 858-232-6973. It's Donnie and West. They got a really nice clean machine. And for those guys that want to just go fish halibut all day, because a halibut guy, they want to fish halibut all day, because there might only be a two-hour window when you get them, just like Ronnie, any fish. Yeah. I just got a text from a guy that you'd know, you'll know this from way back when with uh, when we started radio. Rich from T- from Tahunga. Oh yeah. Rich Lingor, he's living in Northern California now. I got a text from him. He said to say hi. Well, that's oh, good. Great. And Ronnie, if people want to get in contact with you, I know you're on Facebook. How's the best way to do it? You can email me at Captain Ron Baker at sbcglobal.net. Okay. You can call me on my cell phone. I don't mind giving it out. 619-977-2829. You can leave a message at um, Point Loma Sport Fishing, or you can jump on the boat and come fish on this little parker. We're going to start. Ronnie, it's been great having yeah. you. Man, uh, just old times and being with good friends. We're just talking fishing. Thanks a lot for coming over. Thanks for inviting and, me, man. And it's great to see you getting around so well. I feel yeah, so glad good. to hear you're back, Ronnie. Oh, man. Put me in, Coach. I'm ready to play. I'm ready. <laughs> All right. Hey, Stan and Wendy, that's it for tonight. Uh, next week, uh, Fred Hall uh, weekend for us, so we'll have an all-recorded show from the Fred Hall Show. So we'll be back live in two weeks on Ron Real Radio. So on behalf of Ben Harvey... JR and the AM540 Studios, and always in memory of Big Tuna Bell, I'm Hopalong John Cassidy. Stay tuned next week. Keep safe. We'll see you on the water. We're out for this Sunday night. Good evening, everybody.